Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Always good to have new people, visitors, friends. Let's give them a good round of applause. Glad you're here. Psalm 118 and verse 24. This is the day. Have you ever heard anybody say, one day, someday, the day is coming. But I want you to know that this is the day that the Lord has made and we should rejoice and be glad in it. But I'm gonna take this verse and I'm gonna twist it, not by creating other doctrines from it, but I'm gonna twist it a little bit and I wanna preach to you today about this is our only day. This is our only day. God bless you, you may be seated. If I give you some dates, immediately it will come to your mind the event that took place, just by saying a day. Ready? July 4th, 1776. Right. December 7th, 1941. November 22nd, 1963. September 11th, 2001. See, those days you're going to remember. And and we could do this for a long time, but I'm just making a point. Days can make a difference in our history. They make a difference in our history. So let's talk about, let's talk about yesterday for a minute. Yesterday. I've got some bad news and I've got some good news. So let's get the bad news out of the way first. The bad news is that there are people in this room that have been, in their past, they have been abused. There are people in this room that have been raped. There are people in this room who have been hurt deeply by family members, maybe their parents, maybe their siblings, maybe their relatives, maybe their friends. It happened and you're having a terrible, terrible time getting over it. It can't be removed from your memory banks because in order to have a memory bank, there will be both the positive and the negative. There are some things you're never going to forget, but remember this, although you might not be able to forget, you must be able to forgive. Because if you don't forgive, you will get spiritual cancer and it will destroy you. Bad things have happened in your past. Can I get an amen? And I'm not trying to stir them up this morning and and say, oh boy, now he's taking me back there and he's reminding me of these bad things. I'm just saying that bad things have happened in your past that you cannot change. But you must 
forgive. You must forgive. It's sapping your joy. It's stealing your peace. And it's making you feel guilty. There are things you've said that you wish you'd never said. Things you've done that you wish you had never done. And you want people to forgive you. Can I get an amen? But you are on the other side now. I'm making you think about the fact that you need to forgive. It's not easy, but I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. It's not just a scripture and it's not just a song. It is a reality that you can if you choose to with God's help. But some good things have happened in your, in your past too. The fact that you were born, that's a good thing. Do you remember when you were maybe 16 years old? Wasn't it a great day when you got a driver's license? 18 when you graduated from high school? Maybe you went to college and you graduated. Some milestones in your life. How about the day that, that you got married? You better remember that date. And how about the day that you had your first child and all the children you've had since then? How about the times that God has blessed your life and taken care of your needs? How about the day that you came to an altar and repented and asked God to forgive you for your sins? Oh, what a day that was. One, one guy said, oh, happy day. When Jesus washed my sins away. How about the day that you were baptized in Jesus' name and, and you came up out of the water and you felt like all your sins had been washed away? Oh, what a great day that was. And how about the day that you came to an altar and you lifted up your hands and when your hands went up, the Spirit of God came down and then it came out of your mouth and you were filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Oh, what a day that was. How about the day that you were sick and God healed you? How about the day that you needed financial help and it came in a mailbox? How many times has God blessed our yesterdays? God has been faithful. Can I get an amen? God has been faithful. The saying is that what doesn't kill you will make you stronger and make you better. Those who live in the past have no future. But we should learn from it. We should learn from the past. But we should not live in the past. There was a man who was betrayed by his family. His name was Joseph. His brother sold him as a slave and completely changed his life in one day. And then years later, approximately 20 years later, Joseph had the opportunity to pay back his brothers for what they had done. But in the meantime, he had married and he had two sons. The two sons were named Ephraim and Manasseh. Ephraim means I will forget all the toil that I've been through. And Manasseh means, I will remember how God has kept me. 
He named his first two sons after his past, his present, and even his future. And when his brothers came to him and he could have paid them back, in that day, he blessed them. We all need an Ephraim and we all need a Manasseh in our life. If you're going to remember things, remember how good God has been and that his grace has been sufficient. But there are some things that we need to do our best to forget. We must forgive our past and we must be thankful for our past. But let's move on to tomorrow. Tomorrow has days in it too. And just like yesterday's, there's bad news and there's good news. Matthew chapter 6, 31 through 34. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. We're living in a country right now that's very worried about tomorrow and the future. Watch the newscasts. They'll tell you this is what's happening and it's only going to get worse. So what? I expected that response. So what? I want you to know that there are kings in this world, but I serve the king of kings, the president of presidents, the Lord of lords, the CEO of the CEOs. He has the final say on everything. He always takes care of his people no matter what's happening in the world. Our trust is not in man, our trust is in God. And he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. God is out front. That's why we're in the shadow. The Lord is my helper, and I shall not fear what man can do unto me. We need to be putting our trust in God. But I had a thought when I read this verse of Scripture. I wonder how many todays I've missed by worrying about tomorrows. Now I'm, gonna, I'm confessing here to you because it might relate to you. You can worry about tomorrow. Will I have enough money? Will I have enough resources? Will my problems be worked out? I have to do some things in the future that I'm not looking forward to. And you can miss the only day you have. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, but I've got so much to worry about. Jesus just warned you through his word. Don't worry about tomorrow. It'll take care of itself. Most everything that you worry about never happens anyway. 
I've learned that. Take it from somebody that's now 65. I've learned a few things, not because I'm a genius, just because I'm getting older. I've been there. I I was the one that worried that the Russians were gonna invade the United States, there was gonna be a nuclear war, and do you remember hiding under desks and drills, and Khrushchev saying, we will bury you, and they didn't bury us. It never happened. All that worry was a waste of days, a waste of days. And even if they would have nuked us, it would have been fast. <laughs> and here's the best part, since we're talking about tomorrow. What about the future for the Christian? Have we lost sight of what we're in this for? Have we forgotten that our greatest joy is to be with Jesus in eternity? Have we lost sight of, uh, got caught up so much in life that we have forgot what we're shooting at, what we're aiming for, what we're believing God for? Eye has not seen and ear has not heard and neither has it entered into the mind of men the things that God has prepared for those that love him. worried about tomorrow. So I say, dream your dreams. Don't lose sight of your visions and remember what's waiting for you on the other side. Don't waste another day with worrying about things you can't change and you can't control and you can't fix. I'm preaching to Brother Kylie today. You're just getting to hear we, we can't and we shouldn't try to control everything and fix everything and worry about things that are out of our control. What are we supposed to do, Brother Kylie? Just stick our heads in the sand and act like it's not happening? No, I'm not saying that. I'm going to vote, even if I don't like either candidate, I'm going to vote for the party that I believe represents the best values of Christianity and moral behavior. But beyond that, what can I do? I can trust God. You see, the past is something that we should be thankful for, and the future is something that we should trust God for. That's worth writing down. We should be thankful for our past, and we should be trusting for our future, but we need to live like this is the only day we've got left. The only day we've got left. Trust God. Hebrews 13 and 6, I quoted it, but go ahead and read it, Brother Kylie. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what men shall do unto me. Before I leave tomorrow, this part of the message concerning tomorrow, I want to leave you with one question. Has God ever failed you in the past. Okay. Then why would you think he'd fail you in the future? If he's already proved himself faithful, here you are. Far as I know, everybody's got a place to go to this afternoon. 
They're not living on the streets. They're eating well. And you can be worried about all that other stuff if you want to, and you can pick it up on your way out. But God has been faithful. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. And if you're in trouble, then go to your brother and your sister and let them know so. We'll pray and we'll do everything we can to help you. We're in this thing together. We're in this thing together. Praise God. So let's take a look at today. 2 Corinthians 6 and 2. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. That's twice he said it in the same verse. He called it a day. You know, one of the lessons that I learned, and it was a difficult lesson for me, was I thought that everything was, everything had to be a process. When you first came to a Pentecostal church and they didn't act the way that you were used to, well, we just got to give people time to to search the scriptures and and to get used to being in the presence of God. And 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 I'm all for that. But when it comes to salvation, that is not a process. That is a day. That is a day. And I'm going to prove it to you here in the next few minutes that I have left. I'm going to prove to you that salvation is a day. It's not a process. I have to come to the altar and do penance for six months before I can receive the Holy Ghost. Not true. Not true. He called it a day of salvation. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Mark chapter 12, 33 through 34. And the scribe said unto him, Well, master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself, is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God, and no man after that durst ask him any question. Now this blows my mind, this passage of scripture. This guy says all the right things. He's monotheistic, mono meaning one, theo meaning God. He talks about one God, he's monotheistic. He knows exactly what he's supposed to do to the one true God, worship and serve him in, in all manners. And then he even says, that's even greater than burnt sacrifices than anything a man can do or pay. And the Lord turns to him and says, you're not far. He didn't say you're in. See, just because of what you believe, that's not enough. There has to be some action backing up your belief. There has to be a desire to go as far as God will lead you. Can I get an amen? Amen. And he said, sir, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Now, if I was that man and sincere, I would say, I'm not far? Well, what else is there? What's next? 
What is it that you would like me to do beyond what I already have? Wouldn't that be logical to ask that kind of a question? But no man asks a question. And I go, why? I'll tell you why. Because we're afraid that he might ask us to do something beyond what we're already practicing and comfortable in. I'm good so far, and I'm almost there. Well, someday I'll get there. But right now, I like where I'm at. Is there anybody in the sanctuary today that likes where they're at and says, I don't want to move another inch. I'm going to sit in this pew as long as I live, I'm never going to move. I, I've, I've repented, I've been baptized, I've received the Holy Ghost, I pay my tithes, I, I, I get involved in ministry here and there, but that's as far as I'm going. Don't ever ask me to do anything beyond that. You're like the man that says, I've got no more questions. The question should be this. Lord, what would you require of me? What can I do for you and with you? That's the next question. Just tell me. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. Now, now this is, I'm not trying to blow your theology here and make you mad, but I need to say this. It is not enough to have the Spirit of God. Jesus, well, not Jesus didn't say it, Paul wrote it. He said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That means God is going to be leading you through his Spirit, and you're going to get to make choices. And when you say, no way, Jose, you're like the man that said, okay, I'm done talking. Whatever you want, Lord, whatever you ask. It's not easy. I guess I'm shaking your comfort zone a little bit here. But not far is not good enough. Well, they go to church. Well, that's good. They're open to the word of God. Well, that's good. They're getting closer. But God doesn't want people that are close. He wants people that are in. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door, I will come. That's what God wants. He wants in. Like Brother Kylie said this morning, he's not interested in your religious pedigree. He's interested in a relationship. Can I get an amen? amen. Not far. Now let me take you a little further then. Acts chapter 26, verse number 27. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. When Agrippa said unto Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Here's another guy. He's right there. Whew, boy, Paul, that was, that was some really great preaching. But do you know who I am? I'm not Agrippa. I am king. Agrippa, I am the king. I answer to nobody, and everybody answers to me, and that includes you. And I am not about to fall down on my knees and repent 
before the people that I rule. I can't argue with you scripturally, but I'm not crossing the line. So almost, I'm right there, but almost you've persuaded me to be a Christian. Number three, let's go to Felix. And after certain days when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Wow. A convenient season. What is that? Well, I'm a teenager. I haven't even reached the prime of my life. Why would I want to serve God now? Come back to me when I'm old. Visit me when I'm sick. When I'm broke. When I have nothing and I need God. That's when I want you to come to me. And here's the amazing thing about Felix. It says he was trembling. He was shaking under the presence of God and the preaching of Paul. He, he was white knuckling it. Well, Paul's preaching. Oh, the guy's right. I'm wrong. He's telling me what I need to do. But not, not today. And backed away. Come back in a more convenient season. How many people have been not far? They started on their journey, but they stopped. How many people came right up to the line and said, almost? And how many people are there today that would say, not today? I'm glad the Packers don't play today at noon. No competition with the Packers. But we find ourselves putting off the decisions that we should make today, thinking that we have a tomorrow. And maybe many, many years to come. Let me give you this sobering thought about these three. There is no record that the scribe, King Agrippa, or Felix ever had another day. That was their one opportunity. It was their only day to enter into the kingdom. And throughout eternity, and I'm not going to scream because I know that would bother you, they're going to hear not far, almost, a more convenient season. I hope you never have to hear those words. I hope you can say, February 28th, 1973, I was baptized in Jesus' name. 
June the 6th, 1973, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. I repent every day. I know that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, but every day I spend time with God and I ask him to be merciful and to forgive me and to help me to overcome my flesh. Matthew 24, 35. Matthew or Luke? Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Read Luke first, please. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will, to- I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Okay, so here's a man. Listen. Here's another thing worth, worth remembering. If Satan cannot convince you that you are a worthless failure, he will convince you that you are a success without God. You are a success. This man, he said, he convinced him. This is what Satan did to this man. Man, Look at that, all that stuff you got. Why don't you tear down your barns and and build a bigger place that you can store all your wealth and you can sit on your porch for the rest of your days and know that everything is taken care of. And the Lord said, this was your last day on earth. And this is how you chose to spend it. You're a fool. All that you worked for is going to be squandered to other people. And you're not ready to meet me. You are in spiritual poverty. You are bankrupt. You have nothing in your account Unlike a man named Cornelius, who the scripture said, thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God, who was wealthy even before he was saved. Nobody knows that they've got tomorrow. Matthew 24, please. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of the day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. 
Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. If I have not convinced you this morning that this could be your last day alive, let me refer to this other example in the scripture. One man preached for 120 years that God was no longer going to tolerate the wicked sin that was taking place on the earth, that he was about to bring judgment and destroy the earth with a flood and they'd never seen it rain. And they laughed him to scorn as he and the members of his family built that ark for 120 years. But one day, one day, the Lord called the animals and Noah into the ark and he shut the door. And all of the crying and all of the pleading and all of the admitting that they were wrong never opened the door for them to enter in. And they perished in one day. So shall it be when the Son of Man comes and returns and raptures the church and leaves the rest of the world behind. It's not gonna happen in my lifetime. I'm only 16 years old. I got a lot of living to do. There'll be a convenient season. I'm gonna be careful with the way I drive and I'm not gonna take any chances on things that could destroy my life. The average life of a person is over 70 years of age. But what if this is the day that the Lord split the clouds and said, this is the day that I'm gonna take my church home. This is the day the world is wicked enough. All things are ready. I have everything prepared. This is the last day for repentance. The last day for salvation. This is your only day. Let's stand together. First Corinthians 15. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. What a day that will be. A day that will be. When my Jesus I shall see. Some people are going to run to him, and some people are going to run from him. And other people are going to say, the Jews are going to say, oh, we didn't know. What are you going to be able to say? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your heaven. Be in that group, folks. I'm trying to be as positive as I can today. Don't miss this opportunity. 
The altar is a place where God's got his hands stretched out and saying, come to me this day. Today. Come to me. Oh, I'm going to get things right with my family. You know, I, I, I know I got a history that I got to. Today's the day to clean it up. Today's the day to forgive them at this altar. Today's the day to say, God, help me to forgive them. I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want to be this person anymore. Today's the day. Don't worry about tomorrow. If your life is in God's hands, you got nothing to worry about. He'll do all the worrying. He'll take care of it. Don't be not far, almost, or in a more convenient season. Praise God. Praise God. I leave you with this. One of the times in my life that I was afraid of death, I told God what I wanted him to tell me. See, the devil had told me, you're going to die young, you're going to suffer greatly, and it will be cancer. And I told God what he needed to say to me until one day I said, God, if you're not going to tell me what I want to hear, listen now, listen, this is important. If you're not going to tell me what I want to hear, please tell me what I need to hear. Would you pray that prayer today at this altar? We're telling God what what we want him to say when he's saying, I've got something else in mind. And so I said, okay, God, then tell me what I need to hear. And this was the question. He said, I I ask you a question before I answer yours. Have I ever failed you? And I was quick. And I said, no, sir. He said, then why would you think I'd fail you in the future if I've never failed you in the past? I'm not going to tell you, Rick, if you're going to die of cancer, if you're going to die young, or if you're going to suffer greatly, but I will tell you this, and I'll never forget it. Whatever you go through, I'll be right there going through it with you. And whatever you need, I'm going to give it to you when you need it. And I said... Thank you, Jesus. No matter what I go through, as long as, as long as you're with me and you're there and you're going to take care of me, it's okay. Because I want to go to heaven. I don't want to live on earth any longer than I have to. Jesus, I pray for this congregation today that we would respond today to this altar call as if it was the last opportunity we have to talk and to hear from you. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 
5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.